So in this season of Lent, we're encouraged by the church to focus on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So this gospel uh, is helping us to focus on prayer, the prayer of the Our Father. And it's there are a couple of revolutionary things about the way Jesus prays. It's different to the way uh, Jews would have prayed ordinarily. So the Jews would have prayed, obviously, with the, with the Psalms. They would have prayed the Psalms quite a lot. They would have meditated on the, the, the prophets and the law, of course. But there's something different about how Jesus prays. Something which he is at pains to underline to us, and, and as, as has the church been for the last <clears throat> two millennia, trying to underline this, this certain point that I think might have gone over a lot of people's heads, something that we've, we've meditated here quite often. Uh, but it's the fact that God is Father. The fact that God is Father. The fact that God is Father. Abba, Daddy, Dad, Pops, whatever you call him. Uh, like this kind of this close relationship with God. Like it's, it's just, it, this is very, very different to how the Jews would have spoken about God. And even, as I say, in our own day, even to us today, now 21st century Ireland, we still struggle with this. We still struggle to call God our, our dad. And, and I, I'm not sure what we can do about it. <laughs> I don't know. We just have to, to, to listen to when, when they, the apostles ask Jesus, when you pray, what do you say? How do you pray? And Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. Our Father. And there's a... There, there are two extremes here, as, as there often are, two extremes to avoid, and it, it's, it's easy to fall into one or the other. But when we talk about God in general, so God is a trinity, God, uh, God often is, is portrayed as powerful, as creator, as all-knowing, as all-present, uh, as like a kind of, a, if you will, something to be studied that philosophy finds its, it, it, its, its head finds it difficult to get its head around you know, the existence of God, how do we rationalize this and all those kind of things. How, how do we make God understandable? How do we, and often, there are often temptations then to kind of reduce the mystery of God into something kind of tangible, into something that we can understand. So there's, there's this idea that God is so big, so great, so incredible, so omniscient, so eternal. How on earth do you have a relationship with that? Or there are those who see God as energy. Again, how can you have a relationship with energy? In the same way, how can you have, you know, would you genuflect when you pass a socket? Uh, like, how, how do you relate to energy? I, you can't. I don't. I, you can't. I mean, light is energy and sound is a form of energy. And, you know, how do you relate? You can't have a relationship with any of these things. They're, they're not personal. They're forms of energy, they're, they're, they're not so much things, but you get my point. They're not personal, you can't have a relationship with, you can't have a relationship with wind. <laughs> I mean, it's moving air, it's, uh, yeah. but you can't have a relationship with that. <clears throat> the other extreme then is that Jesus is just one of us, just one of the lads. God is just normal, you know, and so when, when I have a need, well then it's up to God to serve me, and when he doesn't serve me, then he's a stupid God. Then he doesn't care. Then, so what does it matter if he exists or doesn't exist? Then I need something again, 
I click my fingers, he doesn't provide. Where is this genie God supposed to be? I thought he's supposed to be all around. I thought he's supposed to be all careful. Doesn't show up when I need him. And so I treat God, not even as one of the lads, but even less. I treat him as my, as my servant. <clears throat> he's supposed to serve me. And he doesn't. Or this idea then that, that you know, Jesus just, you know, he's just, he's there with the apostles and he talks to them about being nice and about taking care of people and just being good. Uh, and you really, in, in doing so, we really reduce this, this mystery of, of, of the incarnation. God made man to God made one of the boys. God made one of the lads. And that's not Jesus. Jesus at all times is truly God and truly man. So from the moment of his incarnation, like he's truly God and truly man. He's still the same God <clears throat> that was there before, the all-present, all-knowing, all-powerful, but now made, made visible, now has a tangible physical body, which he didn't have before. But he's not just one of the lads. He is God. And then that, that mystery then continues to our own day. <clears throat> Jesus present at the Holy Eucharist, Jesus present at Mass. We're now... This, this mystery of, of God who's so incredible and the, 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 a word which, which the, the, the Divine Mercy devotion has made popular or brought back into the English language, maybe unfathomable. <clears throat> but this, God is, this unfathomable God is now made food for us. That this, this God that the universe can't contain can now be received as, as nourishment for our bodies. Can be taken into you and I. Sometimes I imagine it like, it's like looking at the sun. The sun is an incredible, continuous explosion. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing wrong with your eye. But you can't look at the sun. If you look at the sun directly on a clear day, <clears throat> it burns your eyes. You get these black spots afterwards. You can't, you, can't, you can't take in that much energy. It's not good for you. But nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the sun, nothing wrong with your eye. You just, you, you just can't take all that in. Similarly... If we're trying to understand God, God is just so much more. He is so much greater than our mind can understand, that our soul can contain. He's so much more. He is not one of the lads, but there's nothing wrong with, our, with God, nothing wrong with your soul. It's just, he's just infinite, and you're not. So the more can, our mind can understand God in about the same way as a bucket can hold the ocean. I mean, we just... We just can't. We just can't. But in order to make himself approachable and understandable, he reveals himself in this way. <clears throat> Our Father. Our Father. And this is very deliberate. I mean, these, these are the words of Jesus. There's, there's been some discussion recently about whether we should have gender-neutral terms for God. But that's just absolutely ridiculous. Because these are the words of Jesus. You might as well have gender-neutral terms for uh, the president of France, Macron. Well, he's, 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 he's the president, so he should be neutral, no? But he is a man. He's a man. What are you supposed to do? God has revealed himself as father. It's, these are Jesus' words. It's not, up to us, it's not up to me to correct how Jesus did or didn't reveal God. He reveals him as father. This is Jesus' take on things. He tends to be right. Uh, he's God. So we'll go with that. That's where I'd rather stay anyway. I mean, <laughs> people may have other opinions. But when Jesus says, when you're speaking to, to God, call him Father. And this doesn't mean that God, you know, I don't get lost in the whole debate. 
But God the Father is a pure spirit, so doesn't have a body, doesn't have a physical body, so isn't male or female. But what, what Jesus is underlining here is that he has the perfection of the properties, the qualities of a good father, provider, protector, someone who's safe, someone who'll take care of you. It's, it's these qualities. It's not masculinity, femininity. It, that, like, let's not reduce the thing to something stupid here. Uh, Jesus, say, Jesus has a physical body, so he is male or female. In this case, very male. He's male. Jesus is a man. Uh, God the Father has no body. He's pure spirit, but reveals himself or is revealed by, by Jesus as Father, as Father. And so he wants us to have this relationship with him where we can approach him. Now, the, the interesting thing then about revealing God as Father, as opposed to creator or as opposed to omniscient, so uh, all-knowing or, 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 or all-present, as opposed to re revealing him that way, he reveals, to, he re reveals himself to us as Father. Why? Because this is a relationship. Regardless of your wealth or health or culture, all people have a mother and a father. All of us have. We have to have. Uh, in virtue of our very existence, we have to have a father somewhere. Now, he may not have been the best father. Again, I don't want to get lost in the, in the argument here, but all of us have a mom and a dad. All of us. We have to. It's how we come into the world. So, so this relationship is common to everyone, regardless of the social status, regardless of, of time, regardless of, of, of place. So it's a relationship that we all know. I mean, if God were to reveal himself, we'd say as, as uh, groom, right? So, well, that can be understood then by those who are married maybe a little better. But those who aren't married or those who are in religious life mightn't understand this so much. But he reveals himself as father, a relationship common to everyone. So, but he's the perfection of that relationship, the perfection of fatherhood, the perfection of, of all that a father should be. And this is how Jesus chooses to reveal him. Why? So that all of us can approach him. I, I, I pardon the almost profanity of this, but I'm just remembering the, the end of the, the Wizard of Oz, right, where they, they, they arrive at, at the wizard's house castle thing, and there's this booming voice and clouds and all sorts of kind of paraphernalia to make this pipsqueak of a fella actually look intimidating and look foreboding. And in a way, we need to hold on to a little of that. We do not approach God as equals. We do not approach God as <clears throat> his master who tell him what to do and tell him what we want. We approach God as, I don't want to say servants either. We approach him as children. He is our father. And so the, I think the healthiest way to see our relationship with God is we approach him as little children who have their ideas and have their understanding of things. We may be well off, as in we may be well wrong, uh, but we approach God which children should do, come to their parents with their needs, with their intentions, trusting, though, that their father, their, their mother, knows better. So we can and should come with our intentions and needs, but we entrust them to our father. That's, I think, a much healthier relationship with, with God than, than seeing him as energy or seeing him as a genie, seeing him as so powerful and so distant that we can't even approach him, or seeing him just as one of the lads. Because he's, he's none of those. He's all-powerful. 
but he's your father. So we ask the Lord today to renew our prayer lives so that when we pray, when we approach God, we do so as his children, trusting in his providence, trusting in his love, trusting that we are his beloved sons and daughters. Amen.